We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just let me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome to an all-new episode of Come On Down, the game show podcast. Yes. Hosted by yes. me, I'm John Baker. And me, I'm Jonathan Mott. Yes. yes. And today, we continue Deal Week here at Come On Down. Yes. For the last seven days straight, it has been Deal Week. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about Let's Make a Deal. This week, Deal or No... Deal. Deal. Wow, how'd you know what I was going to say there? I don't know. It's nice because this show gives you the option of saying, you know what? I don't want to make a deal. No deal. No deal. No deal. Let's make a deal. You had to make a deal. You had, I mean, it was, uh, I would say it's the backbone of the show. Yeah, I mean, let's make a deal. (laughs) This one, let's make a deal or not, is what another name they could have called it. It's up to you. It's up to the contestant. Because this is a more modern game show. This is all about consent. (laughs) We're not forcing deals on anybody. And that's not a joke because from season one to season five, there was a... There's a little shift in the sex or gender of the banker. Oh yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. We'll 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 dive deep into that. We'll muff dive right into that. Whoa! Only season five, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> anyway, before we get too crazy, yeah, talking about deals or no or no deals. I don't want to get too crazy with you. We've got a sponsor, I we believe. Do. We do have a sponsor. I just saw this email. Mm-hmm. And based on the title of the document, I'm scared. I'm... It's going to be okay. It's going to also align with what we just talked about. No We're deals. talking about equality. Consent. Consent okay. and equality. Time's up. All right. What's the thing I always say? Men are lesser beings because they don't get periods. Exactly. And did you know that bowel movements are affected by period-related cramps and hormone changes? Oh, man. My wife is always telling me that I'm spending way too much time on the toilet. Mine, too. But our sponsor today, Period Poopies, helps transfer those period cramps over to a man's world. Period Poopies allow for a quick and efficient bowel movement so you can get in, and out of the bathroom before you can say, wow, holy shit, this is painful. Just strap on the abdominal cramping pad and attach the electronic nodes to your buttocks and kidney areas. Press the red button, and that excrement will slip out of you like a kid going down a slide filled with Vaseline. Come on down, listeners. Get 90% off their order with the code Periods Are Cool. Period poopies. Spend less time in the bathroom and more time out of the bathroom. <laughs> I guess those two tie together pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, th- just to be clear, the idea here, yeah, uh huh, is that when a man right is going poop, yep, it's painful. No, it's too long. This right, ex- but this makes it painful, or just makes it faster. Well, p- and painful. Both. 
Okay. Periods, you get the cramping, which is painful. Yeah. And apparently that also has an effect on bowel movements and it being quicker. Is that scientifically accurate? Can Dr. Fauci yeah. confirm that? No, that, that first sentence is, is from... Uh, periods are cool.com and it said no it's not but it really is yes <laughs> I, I yes it you. does have an effect on the hormone and also um bowel movements and so this little strap on pooper transfers that to the man who then can uh, uh, reap the one benefit of a period i guess is for quicker poopies okay okay i'm glad that uh we have more equality now uh -huh. where it's not only women benefiting from getting quicker poopies because of their periods <laughs> Right. That's this the, is the, this is the world we've always wanted to live in. Hey. All right. So I'm going to go with no deal on that one. Well, 90% off is a pretty good deal. They know cuz it's hard to sell. I I get most of my best work and thinking done <laughs> while I'm pooping. So Yeah. What would you say your average pooping time is? Uh in the 10 to 15 minute range. Probably. Really? Yeah. I could easily spend 30 minutes in the bathroom. Oh, I could for sure, too. Yeah. I just don't very frequently. Okay. That's good. Good on you. Thank I, you. I find myself losing track of time. It's very easy. I mean, you've got YouTube and stuff in the toilet now. I mean, now. solitaire. Yep. I used to have to bring my giant uh, Microsoft desktop into the bathroom to play <laughs> solitaire. I just bought a separate one. Keep for... <laughs> it in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So as we mentioned, today we're talking about deal... Or no deal. Mm. Either or. Your choice. Your choice. Deal or no deal is a game show hosted in the United States by Howie Mandel. Mm -hmm. Premiered on NBC in December of 2005. And I thought, where did this game show come from? Mm -hmm. You know, what is what was the genesis of this game show? Yes. As, what was the I, Sega genesis? Think, yeah. What was the sick? Yes. Where is Sonic and Tails and Dr. Robotnik? <laughs> yes. And I won't call him Eggman, which they call him now because his name is Dr. Robotnik. Correct. So I always, or I had previously, I think, thought that this was a revival of an old game show. And I think because Let's Make a Deal was an old game show, yeah. that I just assumed Deal or No Deal was also some old game show rekindled. Fair assumption. Incorrect, but fair Incorrect. assumption. Incorrect. Yeah. I did learn, however, that uh, it's not just something Howie came up with one day. And that's what you originally thought. I thought maybe, you know, look at this guy. His beautiful bald head. Maybe he... His soul patch. Yeah, maybe that's where he gets his powers from. <laughs> and he's just coming up with brilliant, successful game shows left yeah. and right. Mm -hmm. It turns out this has its, uh, its history begin... Across the pond, hmm. not in England like many game shows we've talked about. Okay. Not in Japan like one game show we've talked about. Takeshi's Castle. But in fact, in the Netherlands. Netherlands? The Netherlands. Okay. The Netherlands. Okay, got it, got Some it. Some people call it Holland. Holland. So that's where the clogging is? That's where the clogging is. That's okay. where the bicycles are. That's where <laughs> the canals are. The Amsterdam, canals. specifically, I guess. God, thinking of. okay. Amsterdam. Have you been to Amsterdam? I have not. I had the option to go one time with my friend. Uh, he was taking a gap year between hot, uh, or his parents moved to Germany, and they invited me to go hang out with him. And he was like, "Oh man, I went to Amsterdam last 
like last couple of weeks. So I'll just go somewhere else. And I was like, that's cool for you. <laughs> uh, I haven't been and I would like to go. So we went to Spain instead. Saved how, us money on the train ticket. You have to cross a couple more uh, how countries. Was Spain? It was fun. I had my first actual like mental breakdown. In Spain? Yeah. Why? We, we didn't, I didn't know this. I don't think you knew it either. But that was when we went, it was summer prime traveling season for spain yeah that makes sense prime traveling for season and we didn't know we also didn't do because we didn't know to lock down some uh hostels like you can call ahead and get us so you were just like showing up to places we were just winging we had huge backpacks hey we're here motherfuckers what up spain and that might have been our first issue is that that's how we actually we busted (laughs) through the hostel and we were just like fuck yeah hola motherfuckers yeah and if they would have respected us if we if we did the motherfuckers in spanish but we didn't know that yeah that's a tough one i know and so it got to the point where we asked, I think it was four or five hostels throughout the day and everybody was full. And, and our, my, the friend I was with, Neil said, we just sleep on the beach. We just, you know, you know, tie our backpacks you know, around our bodies in a way that, you know, if somebody tries to take it, we would know. And we'll just sleep on the beach. And I was like, like a hobo. I was like, that's, that, that's not what you do. We can't do that. How are we supposed to do that? Have you been to Santa Monica? There's a lot of people that do that. Homeless people. Right. Okay. That's not like how I wanted to spend a vacation was living okay. like a homeless person. Oh, hey, hey, man. To each his own. Um, so, yeah, I had my first breakdown because I had never had to deal with not sleeping in a bed before. So, did, did you sleep on the beach? We found a place. It was a very expensive hostel. And we had to get a separate room. And we decided to... There, was a, there were beers down in the front, too, where we checked in. So, we just bought a whole bunch of beers and went up to our room because we were exhausted and just started playing this game where we would stack up beers in a triangle across from each other on the floor and we would take a quarter and bounce it and whatever beer it hit for after the bounce you had to chug. So 15 minutes later the game was over. We had each <laughs> it doesn't like sound that hard. Five <laughs> or six beers and then um, I just totally soaked my bed that night. Woke up, just peed the oh, entire you, bed. Oh, you urinated. I urinated. It was a sleep. small bed too. And for some reason, the whole bed was wet. So I don't know if it was made from paper towels or what. Because it just like all soaked in. That's pretty gross. Did you then have to like tell Spain. somebody? Sorry, I party <laughs> hard. My bad, dude. Sorry for party rocking. Yeah. Wow. That's a fun story. So that's what she gets for helping somebody in need. An American in need. I come in. I thank her. I was about to sleep on the beach, and I thank her by just pissing all over all her over the bed. So I think I'm starting to kind of understand why Americans aren't seen in the best of light in foreign countries. Wow. So thanks, dude, for just fucking ruining our reputation. Like I'm sorry. That. And if you're listening, hostile lady, I appreciate your charity and your kindness, and I am sorry. I will. You can come pee in my bed anytime you want. Wow. Well, I I've been to Amsterdam. Wow, dude. And uh, which is why I'm not interested in going with you because I've been before. That sounds right. Yeah. So you only go to and you. And that's the thing you do, right? You only travel to a place once and then that's off the map. You, you never go back. Right. I, I uh, buy and sell houses daily <laughs> because I won't sleep in the same house two nights. Oh, <laughs> like you that's physically. Disgusting. Yeah. That, it's wow, it's um, gross. That's to each his own. While I was in Amsterdam. Mm hmm. I uh, 
Well, first of all, I wanted to rent a bicycle because, you know, that's the thing there mm-hmm. is bicycling. Right. But it looked like um, I might die on a bicycle because, I mean, people are just whipping around. There's cars and bicycles kind of living side by side. And mm-hmm. it was scary looking. So I didn't want to die. So I didn't end up doing it. Wow. But what I also didn't do was catch any episodes on the TV of Millionenjagd. And that Millionenjagd. Millionenjagd? Millionenjagd. Okay. A.K.A. Hunt for Millions. Oh. As us gringos might say. Got it. Instead of Millionenjagd. Yeah. Well, that sounds like you are about to have a stroke. Millionenjagd. And so right now, what I go is I go, say the ABCs now. ABCs. Okay, so he's not having a stroke. That's how you check to see if someone's having a stroke. I'm glad that you have that knowledge for us. Um, So Millionenjagd Mm -hmm. is, was a game show in the Netherlands. And in this game show, there were... uh, Five rounds, and there were several contestants competing against each other, trivia games and things like that. And then after the five rounds, the winner went to the final round. I'm going to go ahead and throw up a guess here. Uh Uh-huh. Is that where the yacht was? The yacht was in the final (laughs) round. So the winner, after five rounds, remember, goes to the final round. Right. And the final round is... What we know as Deal or No Deal. So I don't know if Millioninjakt mm. was eight hours per episode or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because Deal or No Deal is an hour-long television program right. here in the United States. And that was the final bonus round after five previous rounds of several competitors competing against each other in trivia wow. and games. Damn. So... Do you know, was it as many cases as the American version? It was version? 26 cases. Wow. Just like the American version. And the uh, the main difference is in this one, a uh, little quote-unquote wrench they threw in it. Mm-hmm. So there's 26 models holding 26 cases. In this version, every single model was dressed the same and wearing the same wig. <laughs> so they all looked the same. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I don't know what that added to it in yeah. terms of... Uh, Making them all equal, I guess. So you're not guessing based on like... It removes bias on the... the... curvy redhead, which is the obvious choice. Right, every time. Um, Yeah, so yeah, you're removing that bias, I guess, there. Yeah. By having them all dressed the same in a weird way. But... That's what we should do on every first date. We should make a law on every every first date. There's a a costume. Yep. And you have to... And you can rent it. and You have to rent it or else you get fined and thrown Mm -hmm. in jail. And you have to, both of you dress in this just pat from SNL like get up to where it's gender hard. neutral. Gender neutral. You don't even know if you're on a date with a man or a woman. <laughs> yeah. They don't right. trick you, but like you. So you're not, you, I mean, you're not choosing based on superficial things like gender or sex or right. whatever. Job, money, like your attractiveness, yeah, uh, mating suitability, right? Things like that that don't have anything to do with anything. It's, literally blind dating wow well what if we just blinded people or like blindfolds Ooh, like a little bit of acid in the eyes i mean yeah you know like uh if they're just like walking out of their hotel and you hide <laughs> on the street corner with with a big bucket of acid just uh-huh. splashing their faces they right. go by yeah and then it's like ha you're on this dating show <laughs> 
Congrats. That's the first step. Oh my god, my eyes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm but so then excited. The sh- yeah, the show's yeah. so popular, they're super yeah, stoked. Exactly. That, yeah, okay. Uh it's a real a real mix of emotions there. Yeah. Yeah, so the final bonus round of million and yacht mm-hmm. was what we know as deal or no deal. Yeah. So that became popular and they basically took the production company in the Netherlands took that format of the final bonus game and spun that off as its own game show to sell to production companies in other countries. Wow. So, I mean, it's been in dozens of countries. It was in uh, a few countries as a standalone starting in like 2004. I think this, I think they started doing this on Million and Yacht in 2002. And by 2004, it had spun off into a couple countries in the United States, it was December 2005. Oh, was the premiere of the Howie Mandel hosted Deal or No Deal? Okay. As we mentioned, there are 26 models with briefcases numbered 1 through 26. Correct. And I don't know if you know this, but they're uh they were consistent. Like if you are cast as number 13, you're always, you're always number 13. Wow. So for the for the entire run of the show, there were a, a few like numbers one and two for the first four seasons were the same people the entire time, um, but I think most of them changed a season or two. They would last as that number. Yeah. So I didn't realize that when watching the show. That yeah, me either. I guess I'm not really observant enough to. Be I'm like, surprised oh, I you wouldn't her with notice that one before. Yeah. I mean. It, I'm more focused on the numbers and the monies. It's one of the times you're cast as a number that you're like, this is a great gig. You know, you're not like, like waiter you're not party number guest two. number four. Yeah. yeah. You're like your briefcase girl number 13. By the way, you've got a job on one of you're the most on popular TV shows. the whole time. Yeah. And then by season five, if you still made it that far, which you haven't, but now you get your Instagram <laughs> thing at the bottom. Verified. Um I didn't even realize that that was a thing in the season five. This, this, what I each call model, the CNBC season. Each model has to, has their own Instagram option season. to put their because Instagram that in, up. in lieu of pay, they get their <laughs> Instagram plug probably on, on the show. Yeah. So they're numbered one through 26. Inside of these 26 briefcases are dollar amounts, mm. starting with one cent. Yep. Going up to one million dollars. Wow. So, how many one cents does it take to make a million dollars? A lot. I mean, it takes a hundred to make one. It takes a hundred to make one dollar. So it takes um, a hundred thousand to make a thousand. A hundred million is the answer. Okay. Right. I think so. You're the math guy. I thank you. You. I realize that you could always be wrong, and I just wouldn't know because you're the math Most guy, the and I'm not. Most of the time, and I'm I not am the wrong. math. I'm just guy. glad that nobody listens to this podcast so nobody can <laughs> fact check me. Um, yeah, I think it's a hundred million pennies would be the answer. Okay. So they, the, like I said, it's one cent up to a million dollars. Okay. I think it goes one cent, one dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. They're. I think there are about like 13 of them $1,000 or under, and then 13 of them are more than $1,000. Okay. So as a contestant, 
The first thing you do is pick one of the 26 briefcases. That briefcase is brought down off of the little stage that the 26 models are standing and on. And that girl has to leave the and show. she's off, and we're not even sharing her Instagram. We don't care about her. We're setting her Instagram to private. <laughs> and uh, so they put the that numbered briefcase down next to you. And now the purpose of the show is you open six of the remaining briefcases. Who doggy. And obviously for each of those six, you know that you don't have that amount of money in there in your briefcase that you've claimed. So you are hoping for those to be lower numbers to eliminate them because after six briefcases, what happens? You get a call from the banker. That sounds evil. The banker is up in a booth up above the stage. Yeah. A silhouette. I would say like like, you know how you're sometimes, like if you're first going to sports games, you're a poor person usually, and you're down in the poor people section, and then there's that row of really nice box seats. Yeah, That's where the banker is. Yes. But it's frosted glass mm-hmm. and a silhouette, basically. Yes. The lights are out. Yes. You, you can't make out this person. You never even hear this person. No. Because uh, Howie is the one who picks up the phone and talks to them. Right. And says, mm-hmm, okay, yep. Okay, I'll tell her. Yeah. And then hangs up and says, the banker has offered you $3,000 to stop playing right now. Mm -hmm. He's basically trying to buy your briefcase. Trying to buy your briefcase. Exactly. And you now have to decide, deal or no deal. Yeah. And if you thought, this is too hard, I can't possibly just vocalize this properly. (laughs) Great news. Okay. Because there's a big red button that says deal. <laughs> and there's a glass lid, or plexiglass probably, yeah. that when you say no deal, you don't just not press the button. No. You put a lid on that motherfucker. So yeah. there's no accidental button presses or anything. No. No deal. Flip that Slam. lid down. Yeah. Slam. I'm insulted by your $3,000 offer. Because I've got the million right here. Yeah. All right? How do you know that? I hope. Oh, you Boy, hope. do I hope. Right. I would say the the power of when you would play Hungry Hungry Hippo is how hard people slam this plexiglass thing down. Boom. No deal. No deal, Howie. No deal. And then they do like some of this stuff, like an incomplete pass. Yeah. Like Their defensive back that just broke up a uh, <laughs> touchdown pass. And uh, yeah, so then after, if you say no deal, you now got to open four. Five more boxes before you hear from the banker again. Mm -hmm. And now maybe you've opened a few high dollar boxes and now your offer is only $2,500. You're an idiot. You've already said no to $3,000, so you can't possibly accept the $2,500 or you're going to feel like a real rube. Yes. A real boner situation for you. So now you say no deal and you've got to open four boxes. Boxes? Briefcases. Okay. They changed them. The boxes. <laughs> they do a the huge they go scene to a commercial shift. break. They've got plenty of time. So, yeah, and each time, so it goes six, five, four, three, two, and then after that, you open one box at a time and get an offer after each box Ooh, as you're doggy. as you're really winding down. So six, five, eleven, four is fifteen, three is eighteen, two is twenty. So after 20 boxes, there are five boxes left up there. Are these, and we're still working with boxes at this point? (laughs) (laughs) I told you there was a scene change. (laughs) So there are five briefcases remaining. Uh Uh-huh. 
that you that you'd be doing in the one at a time yeah. portion. And if you get down to just two briefcases remaining, yours, yours, and, a and solo, and the solo briefcase up on the stage, you can choose uh, to. You'll get an offer, obviously. Yeah. At this point, and you know if the million dollars is still in play, your offer is probably going to be four hundred thousand dollars or more. No deal. I mean, honestly, th- from a statistical perspective, the way I like to look at it mm-hmm. is if the n- offer is less than the average of the outstanding briefcases, then I don't want it. Okay. So if I've got a million dollars and a thousand dollars remaining, and there's only the one briefcase on stage and my briefcase right here, I am not going to take an offer that is less than $500,500. Okay. Because statistically, that's what this should be worth to me. I think they usually offer a little less than that. Yeah. So I'm saying you're on the show, you're in that situation, tension is building. Uh Howie's sweaty forehead is in front of you. He's asking you, Banker just said $480,000, and you're saying no deal to $480,000. Here's a thing that I've said since December 2005, <laughs> and you can quote me on this. Okay. I have always said that if I were to be a contestant on Deal or No Deal, okay. I would pick a briefcase and ride it to the end. That's so stupid. Thank no you. matter what happens in the middle, I'm... Riding, I I feel very confident in my ability to pick one out of twenty six. You think that your ability to pick one in twenty six is stronger than taking a four hundred thousand dollar deal with fifty fifty shot? I mean, I've got a fifty fifty shot that I've got a million dollars right here, or a penny or whatever the hell's left. Fifty fifty shot. Though. Oh my god, I'm I'm for sure taking that money every time. Right, because you're a coward. That's every time, you. every single time. Right, for eighty, I will take it. Oh, oh my, I don't want to risk. I don't want to sleep on the beach. Oh. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. God, you're such a bitch. Do you know what sand in your butt feels like? Of course, I know what sand in my butt feels like. How? Because sometimes I put some sand in my butt just to just, just know what it feels like. Oh. <laughs> For this exact conversation. Okay, hold on, hold on. You said sometimes I put sand in my butt to right. know what it feels like. After the second time you put sand in uh-huh. your butt, you know what it feels like and you're doing it for pleasure. I'm just making sure that the, I don't know, the different sands have different coarseness. So you are flying in different, you're purchasing different types of sands to your home. And I'm assuming probably in private. There's no way Erica knows you have, have you ever a gotten, sand have fetish. You ever, have you ever gotten that colored sand, which you put in you put in a clear glass <laughs> that was bottle to make? Eighteen dollars at a Florida <laughs> stand on the beach or something you got with your family? It's great sand. It's great quality sand. <laughs> okay, it feels great. Trust uh, me, it's very soft. Every color feels the same. Um, the pink is the best. Anyway, yeah, I I don't know. I I I just view this game as a pure gamble and Oh, for sure. And uh I'm kind of down to just gamble as as big as I can. Uh but I probably would puss out and take a deal at some point if if uh you know, it was if it's life-changing amounts of money like that. But the problem is then they always make you open up your briefcase and if I saw the million in uh, there, you would still be happy. I mean, you'd be super bummed, but it's not like you risk you threw a million dollars away. You just threw 500k away. Oh, perfect. It's way better feeling. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
And like I said, you have the chance to switch. You can say, you know what? I actually like her briefcase better than mine now. Which is so dumb. It is. So last week, when we talked about let's make a deal. Yeah, there are goats. We, we talked about, right. We talked about the Monty Hall problem uh-huh. where do you switch the door that you selected? And the answer was always yes. Yeah. Mathematically, always yes. But isn't that only if they show you a goat behind the door? Right. Okay. Exactly. So in this, it doesn't change your odds at all. Right. Because it these are random selections. You're seeing random prizes removed rather than a guaranteed bad prize oh, removed. Oh, yeah. Okay. In the Monty Hall problem, you're always... If there's two goats in a car, you're seeing one of the goats revealed. So you're always seeing a bad thing revealed. Deal or no deal is completely random. You don't know what those numbers are that you're pulling off the board. Yeah. So your odds of this being one cent and $1 million are exactly the same as they were when you picked them. So it doesn't increase or decrease your odds at all to switch. Yeah. I don't know why you would. Gut feeling. But there's no... It's not a bad idea to switch necessarily. So you can do that if you want. I don't want to do that. I stick with the, okay. the one I chose. Stick with it. You just won $5. Five more dollars than I had a minute ago. And I like that positive outlook on it. Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. I like the way you think there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the show. That's mm. how it worked. Mm. You took a deal from the banker or you wrote it out until the end and hoped to Into get... either victory or defeat. Yes. Just shameful, shameful defeat. And sometimes people get to like four briefcases left and it's like a million dollars five dollars twenty five dollars a hundred dollars <laughs> yeah and, and then they, they open the million and their offer goes from like a hundred and eighty five thousand to seventy five dollars yeah. or something it's pretty depressing uh-huh. um but that's the fun of the game that's the fun of the game. and it is a game that you can you know you just yell at the tv about right. Or if you're in the audience, you yell down at the contestant about mm-hmm. it. Sometimes they would have, you know, their little uh, family life partner or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're going, "Don't take it, don't, don't take it. We can do better than that." Yeah, I know you've got the million. I know you've got yeah, the million. Yeah, and you're in like, there. you don't know that, Aunt Aunt Janine. <laughs> you don't know that. So I don't know why I. Why are you here? I haven't <laughs> talked to you in two years. <laughs> why did Since I put you, said you those on my racist things at my baby's circumcision party? Oh God. Briss? Yeah. She's Jewish. I guess, because that's the only way what a Briss is. is. Yeah. Well, no. I, mean, you, I could have a Briss if I wanted to. Really? Who's to tell me I couldn't? I don't think it's... Is it technically a Jewish ceremony then? Oh, so you're the gatekeeper of Brisses now? Yeah. Oh. Man, what a cool job. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Let me see your new business card. Hi. Uh, uh, Briss gatekeeper. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to have a bris. I am not Jewish. Can I still call it a brissfully beautiful ceremony? Um, and I would say I enjoy the pun, and I grant you this brissfully beautiful because cer- of the pun. Because of the pun. Wow. Oh, okay. you have to offer me something. I'm just going to say right. yes. You're right. So, guys, listening at home, remember, just come up with some good puns, and you can get away with anything in this world. You really can. So, this show aired for four seasons on NBC, from 2005 to 2009. Too few. Too few, wow. It aired for two seasons in syndication as well. About 
600, 604 episodes in total have aired of this program in the United States. Chump change compared to Let's Make a Deal. Because there's one season in 2018 to 2019 that was on CNBC. They Ooh. did a holiday special on NBC, and then the rest of the season was on CNBC. Okay. You know, that's a uh, an NBC-owned station that I thought was supposed to be about like news or something, or yeah. finances. Finances. Bit. So I guess that's why. This is about finances. This, this works out. I think they air reruns of Shark Tank on CNBC okay. also for that reason. It's kind of weird. But 2018-2019, as you noted, in the CNBC season, the CNB season, as uh, I'll call it. <laughs> can I have a brisk now? Yeah, you can. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> in the CNBC season... This was a big deal. The banker was now a female, which was important for them to promote because, you know, you never fucking see or hear this person at all. So it's entirely irrelevant. Just entirely fucking irrelevant. Uh huh. But they had to make a big point of a woman can be a banker too. What? Um, ain't no math. Here's the thing though. This, to me, and I think that it is the problem, okay? If With you want to, yeah, no. <laughs> if you want to make a real difference, right? You give women actual power. You give them an actual. You you give them an actual piece of the pie. No, this if you, you want to make a real difference. You make sure that your cartoon character's race matches the race of the voice actor. <laughs> That's how you make a difference and end racism, okay? <laughs> Now, sorry, go on. They did literally the least amount of change they could possibly do to then, I guess, what's that called? Um, something. I don't know what you're trying to say. It's when somebody is like promoting that they're so woke online. Oh, kind of like performative. Uh... Yeah, but there's a, it's not, it's not like gaslighting, but it's similar to that. Oh, you're trying to you're trying to get karma essentially. I can't think of the word, but that's the best for you. You're like oh, so like like woke washing or something like that. Like, yeah, like you know how greenwashing is a thing where companies uh, pretend that they're helping the environment by doing the absolute right. minimum. Or yeah, something like exactly. That. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, why don't we replace Howie Mandel with a woman if we wanted to make real change? Don't be fucking stupid. Oh, I'm sorry. Women it, can't grow soul patches, you idiot. By the way, just to be clear. This is a show where there are, I guess if we include the banker, mm -hmm. outside of the contestant, yeah. there are 28 performers on this show. Uh -huh. And the qualifications for 26 of those are, be a hot woman. That can stand for long periods <laughs> yep. in heels. Okay, yes. So... Again, it is funny that they're like, look, the banker's a woman now. Now look at all these sexy bitches over here with the money. <laughs> <laughs> like your whole show is a whole big thing about like, ooh, these sexy women hold money for you. Ooh la la. Yeah. And then sometimes they're in like bikinis because it's Chris, uh, it's summer in December special episode. <laughs> and now they're all in bikinis, all the hot babes. God, aren't they so slutty with their money? Mm, don't you love it, viewers at home? But by the way, time's up. <laughs> and they also, um, and it's they made a crazy shift too in season five, is that the female briefcase holders had to uh, lick and suck the briefcase open. Holy wow. Which was really weird. <laughs> that, was a weird that was a weird twist for season five. I didn't like it. Uh, yeah, me neither. 
don't put your mouth on my briefcase. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a Howie Mandel in that sense. Yeah. Uh, we t- I think we mentioned that last week. We briefly about how did. We, the this pandemic is probably great for him, but but yeah, they did do weird themed episodes, somewhat frequently. Yeah. Like when they just randomly wore bikinis, and it's it's in December, and you know they filmed it in July, so they're perfectly comfortable in those bikinis because <laughs> these aren't live airings. Yeah. These aren't live tapings. Um, and it was all. It was never like. You know, it was like Halloween or holiday. It wasn't, you know, a lot of things like Wheel of Fortune or whatever, they'll do themes episodes and you win a free cruise or yeah. Disney on ice tickets or whatever. It's and not... Pat Sajak wears a bikini. <laughs> Pat Sajak wears a bikini. That's my favorite episodes <laughs> of Wheel of Fortune. So, it, I mean, the prizes were always still whatever they always are. It wasn't... I... The other day, I... I was made some joke about Disney on it. Oh, I think I said like once once the world opens back up again, I can't wait to go to to be able to finally go to Disney on Ice again. <laughs> and I started thinking about this story that I'm pr- proud of and I've told uh before. Okay. Not not here, I don't believe that when I was younger, like I don't know, 5 wow, years old or very so, young. I entered a coloring contest at the mall. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You had to, you know, color this picture of Mickey or Cinderella or whatever it was. And I won the coloring contest and I won tickets to Disney on Ice at the Nassau Coliseum. And I remember it was a big deal. And I went with my parents, you know, to and my sister to go see Disney on Ice. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about this last week or something. And I had the realization did I win the coloring contest? How do you win a coloring contest? Right. Did I, okay, so here, here are my two uh, answers. Did I win the coloring contest? Uh-huh. Or, first of all, was this just a way for them to drum up interest for Disney on Ice and everybody who entered the coloring contest got free tickets? Or did my parents just say, yeah, you won the coloring contest for tickets to Disney on Ice to make me feel good and proud of myself and they spent the fucking $50 that it would have cost to, for a family of four in 1990 <laughs> to go to Disney on Ice. Yeah. I think it might have been that. And I think I've been proud of my coloring ability my entire life because of yeah. that. And I might be living a lie. And that hit me like a ton of bricks, having that realized. It's like, have I talked about my first dog on this podcast? I don't think so. Is that the one that you colored in with a whole bunch of <laughs> yeah. markers? Uh, this is, and this is, this is the reason I have to be suspicious about this Disney on Ice fiasco. Yeah. When I was a young boy, Deception on Ice. Yeah, exactly. That's what the Dateline special is going to be called <laughs> on this. When I was a young boy of six or seven, uh-huh. for Christmas one year, my dad got drunk and brought home a dog from the pound. <laughs> All right, and we on never Christmas had, Day. It was like Christmas Eve. Okay, or okay, okay. Some, it was right around Christmas. Okay, my dad brought home a dog for the family. Family dog. It was this black lab mix, and I named him Pongo. So that's a good dog name. Yeah, I mean, it's the name of the dog from Hundred One Dalmatians, Ooh. which is where I got it from, because wow. he was my favorite character on Disney on Ice. Um, <laughs> and so we named this dog Pongo. Pongo was a bit of a rabble rouser. Okay. He, uh, you know, he got p- 
put in the study when we were gone. And if there was like thunderstorms or something, he did not like being in there. He was one of those dogs that was scared of that stuff. Like, I mean, the carpet at the edge of the door, like you just dug that shit up. Yeah. And uh, one time like a storm came and he, the window was open. So it was just the screen. Okay. He busted through the screen and got out of the house. Yeah. And like, he was a little, he was a little wild. And so like he, he had like gotten out of the yard that time and we had to like find him, you know, put up flyers, whatever. And we yeah. found him. And did you color those flyers? And, yeah, obviously as I drew pictures of Pongo. And so one day I go to school and my dad picks me up from school. And usually my mom picks me up from school. So I, this was a, this was weird because my dad worked in the city. Yeah. And he tells me. You know, he was at home and he went out to get the mail and Pongo ran out and got away. And so I remember, you know, going and driving around the neighborhood with my dad, with the windows down, looking for yeah Pongo uh-huh. uh, for a few days, all this stuff and waiting for Pongo to come back, check, you know, checking in with the pound you know, having my parents make sure yeah. the pound picked up Pongo, et cetera, et cetera. Never found him. Um, again, this was in 1993. Okay. 1994, maybe. About two years ago. Oh my God. Please tell me we're about to see like a homeward bound situation where this old scraggly dog. <laughs> Pongo just, shows like... up in Texas. <laughs> About two years ago, I learned that my my little brother was born in, in 93. Okay. And apparently, allegedly, I'm going to go with allegedly here because I don't know if I can trust these people. Yeah. Allegedly, he was a little snippy with my baby brother, Pongo was. So my parents... took him to a dog shelter and turned him in <laughs> and then lied to me and told me that he had run away and drove me around fucking town yeah. looking for my lost dog <laughs> that was turned into the animal shelter by them days earlier. The reason that my dad was home that day was to fucking return the dog. See if he could get a fucking refund on the dog. <laughs> so wait, hold on. And I lived 30 years nearly uh-huh. believing that my dog had run away. He had. He's just been helped to run away. He had been pushed out. So hold on. You said that you called pounds and, and shelters or whatever. Did you make those phone calls? I was like seven years old, so I wasn't making those calls. I was being privy to those quote-unquote calls. I was being told about those calls. Your parents, is this is what I'm getting from both of these stories. Mm -hmm. Your parents are phenomenal liars. Yeah. You should be thinking about what else have they lied about for my entire life. That's why I'm saying this. I very well might be a phenomenal colorer and won this coloring contest 
or Disney was just giving out a bunch of free tickets to anybody who submitted a colored drawing. Right. But I now have in the back of my head... Your parents probably made that entire... There probably was no coloring contest. (laughs) They pulled that out of a coloring book. They ripped it out. I didn't realize that it had little torn edges. Yeah, the haggard edges. And they're like, yep, we'll take it to the coloring contest, people. (laughs) And that was their way of just boosting my self-esteem. Wow. Because nobody was friends with me at school. (laughs) But you got friends by being like... Guys, I want a coloring contest. And they're like, what? Nobody. What are you, you talking? You're the worst fucking colorer in this class. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> that doesn't Wait, add are up. you dying? Was this a uh... <laughs> make-a-wish? What if your make-a-wish was go to Disney on ice? <laughs> and the people are like, dream bigger. <laughs> like, the, we, no, 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 no. Yeah, we reject it. He's like, you're like, but no, that's my dream. And they're like, it's not. We have a we have to hit our budget numbers. Mm-hmm. If we don't spend as much money as we did last year, we get that money taken away. You an idiot so how about you dream bigger yes so that's just some trauma from my childhood yeah and but now you have a beautiful dog and i'm sure that you are a good colorer thank you i've never seen you do any coloring but i've retired forever yeah i mean you're a one and done i mean it's like what do i have left to prove you know i've already won Disney on Ice. Disney tickets, on Ice, so. yeah. And that's the top prize in yeah. life on anything. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. So, 26 briefcase girls, uh, models. <laughs> yep. For season two. Please don't. Number 24 on the stage, but number one in our hearts. No. Megan. Stop it. Markle. Wow. The queen herself. Is she a queen? She could very well be. Wow. Meghan Markle was a deal or no deal model. Mm-hmm. This was, information was provided to me by my wife. Okay. Because she said, oh, you're going to talk about Meghan Markle? And I said, what the fuck does she have to do with deal or no deal? <laughs> <laughs> she said, your research sucks. Yeah. She was right. Uh-huh. Number 24 for season two was Meghan Markle, who would later go on to marry a prince. Mm-hmm. And now they quit being princes or something right and then she wrote and directed uh markle on uh 24th street jesus christ (laughs) that is such a big stretch first of all i won a pun competition when i was seven (laughs) years old i won tickets to the roller derby I won tickets to the movie theater, which weirdly I had been to multiple times with my family already. Oh man, yeah. So Meghan Markle, she's she's the most famous of the of the models from the show. Yeah, you know, on account sure. of she married a prince of England, and on her own merits. I don't. I'm sorry. How many silver briefcases have you held that had a money amounts in them? Um, poker chips all the time, but she was also on the t- TV show Suits. Strong on show. TNT sounds like a douchey channel that would have Suits on it. Uh, they know drama. I never saw it, but she was on it. Apparently, okay. I don't know how big or small her role was, but she was on it. And then she became a princess, and now she quit that life because she's mean to her nannies or something. That was a story this week. She quit being Oprah. a princess because she is mean to her nannies. You know she. You know how she quit being a princess and he quit being a prince Text so they can move to L.A. or something? Yeah. 
now there's stories coming out from the the royal staff Uh-oh. that she was mean. But are they just trying to defame her because they're yeah. mad that she quit being that princess life? Right. Every girl wants to be a princess until they got to deal with the princess stuff. Stuff, yeah. And yeah. that's hard because I imagine that tiaras kind of fuck up your hair and you can't really... And it probably... You know, like when you have your hair in a ponytail for too long and like the uh, roots hurt your... Yeah, when you take it out at the end of the yeah. day, you're just like, oh, it feels so good. It's like taking your bra off at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, same feeling of relaxation and yes. comfort. It's like the last day of your period and you're like, oh my God, this hell is over. <laughs> or you know, like after you've had a baby, when you have a baby and you and you just finish pushing yeah. and, and everything's, oh my God, I'm back to normal again immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's just like that. Uh-huh. So she's the... She's the second most famous person from this show after Howie Mandel. Yeah. Howie. So as this show was ending in 2009, mm-hmm. it was on Friday nights on NBC. It it was removed, I think, so he could focus more on his other show on Friday nights on NBC. Howie Do It. What's that? Howie Do It. <laughs> I did not know this existed. This lasted a few seasons. Okay. This was a Howie Mandel prank show okay <laughs> why'd you make a weird face for saying okay well but... if you've got a prank show that has like a hot young dude doing it in ashton kutcher i imagine that having an or old blake griffin dude... has a new one really <laughs> oh my god yeah so howie is doing a a prank show or was doing a prank show called how we do it mm-hmm. um what do you think this theme song for the show was? Um, ba da ba ba ba. How we doing it? That's almost every theme song <laughs> that we've encountered on this program. But no, it was. This is how we do it. Oh, obviously. And at the end of every, when he reveals himself to be this master prankster at the yeah. end of, uh-huh. of each impossible, perplexing prank. Yeah. He says. This is how we do it. Okay. So they didn't go punked and they didn't say, you just got Howie done it. Here's what they did. They said, hey, Howie, it's like how, how we, what, can we do something with that? Because is, is that a show? <laughs> is that a show? And somebody went, yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's a show. That is a show. And so they made it a show. <laughs> and he's also, you know, um, on... Uh, America's Got Talent. Yes. He's a judge on that. Uh-huh. He's also famous for, as we talked about last week. Yes. And uh, maybe this this um, pandemic. Pan, pandem- pandemic. Pandemic. This pandemic. Pandemic. This pandy has been good for him because everybody is doing the things that he has always done. Or not always, but for the last, I guess, 20 years or so has, yeah. has done. Uh, he doesn't shake hands. He, he fist bumps. Allegedly, he... However, on the first episode of season one of Deal or No Deal, he hugs the contestant. So and he did it, and I was like, off-brand. So here's the thing. Here's a, here's a, I'm going to bring some hot sports opinions in right, right now. Okay. So he's well-known for his OCD. Uh-huh. For, he claims that he's not... Uh, he does not have male pattern baldness. He shaves his head because it's cleaner. Mm-hmm. He has... There have been some situations 
there was um, Rob Schneider at one point kind of handshake raped him. Excuse me? Like forced himself upon his hand with his hand. Oh, no. And a couple people have done that. And I don't think that's very cool. Um, Even if his fears or whatever are probably ridiculous. Yeah. And I guess he probably knows that to an extent. I don't think it's very cool to... It's a little rapey to be grabbing somebody's hand when they don't want their hand grabbed. Yeah. However, Mm. here's my bone to pick. So he obviously gets upset about those sorts of things. He On America's Got Talent, if people get too close to him with their acts or whatever, he, he'll back away and run and hide or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like it. However, there was one contestant on America's Got Talent that was doing a hypnotism act. Yes. And he hypnotized Howie and had Howie walking around shaking hands with all the other contestants and hosts and blah 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 blah. and then afterwards he was upset that he was made to do this and whatever and here's the thing the only thing i have to say about this and his condition and, and everything is hypnotism like that is not fucking real that's not a real thing the people that do that are people that just Go along with that. Ooh. Stage hypnotism is fake. Wow. So I am a little upset that he makes this big deal about how, oh, I've got this mental issue. I'm seeing a psychologist. I'm seeing a therapist to try and work through this OCD that I have that that I don't blah, blah, blah. But for some fucking little stage show, he goes along with it and shakes everybody's hand. Wow. So he's kind of trivializing the condition that he is this advocate for by going along with this. Because once again, stage hypnotism is fucking make-believe. And I cannot wait to get a hypnotist into one of these episodes (laughs) and just fucking have you... I don't know. I'd be eating dog food. Oh, dude. I'm going to make you eat so much dog food. Um, And I'm going to be making you... Oh, it's something you hate. I'm gonna be making you lose trivia. I'm gonna whoa, erase, whoa, dude. No, I'm gonna not. erase your brain, and you're not gonna be able to to re- recall anything afterwards. My favorite thing about stage hypnotism is if I were to have this conversation with, I don't know, an advocate of stage hypnotism or somebody who strongly believes in stage hypnotism or yeah. is somehow associated with it, they always say things like, "Well, you have to be willing to be." hypnotizer it's not going to work on you it's like okay yeah so i have to be willing to go along with the ruse or (laughs) i won't go along with the ruse of course because the whole thing is a ruse that's how the ruse works yeah that's how a ruse can be a successful ruse yeah otherwise if you could do this why isn't fucking hitler or whoever just hypnotizing a billion people into doing whatever evil deeds they want done if it's that fucking easy yeah that's good, but like the people have to be willing to go along with it. <laughs> right, exactly. They have to be Nazis, that's the issue. <laughs> I was just following hypnotism orders. <laughs> that's their defense at Nuremberg. And every judge is like, oh, okay. Oh, I, listen, I did see this one guy one time at a, uh, at a, at a college... Uh, Coloring contest. <laughs> wow. 
Swear I did some of my best coloring, by the way. At college coloring. You know, if you think about it. I did the circuit. If you think about it, though, like if you're trying to get into like RISD or some very nice, uh, you know. I would put that on my resume. A coloring contest is kind of what you do to get into the school. (laughs) I mean, if you're like, if you're uh, Leonardo da Vinci, your Mm -hmm. whole life is one big coloring contest. Right. Think about it. Yeah. And, and, And you're like, you're like, I don't just color on the paper, baby. I color on walls i color on ceilings that's michelangelo right and i but i know people that color on ceilings (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) we're turtles together (laughs) so and so howie mandel the more i learned about how howie mandel the more intrigued i was like like so i i knew what i knew of howie mandel was that he was a comedian before sure. these roles. I knew about Bobby's World, the animated like Saturday morning cartoon that, oh, yeah. that he did. Uh but I mean that was targeted towards children, so it maybe wasn't the the best example of what is Howie Mandel's comedy all about. And you know, he came he was born in nineteen fifty five, so I was born in nineteen eighty six. So there was a when he was coming up in the comedy world, mm-hmm. I was either not born or a baby. <laughs> yeah. Because I think Bobby's World started in 1990. And he was on St. Elsewhere in the late 80s as an actor. And also, this sorry, this is a big important news that I was yeah, completely unaware of. I'm ready. Are you familiar with the Gremlins films? I'm familiar with them, yeah. Yeah, you're familiar with Gizmo, the main Gremlin character? No way. Voiced by Howie Mandel. Oh my gosh. Had no idea. That was... So that's the best thing he's ever done, probably. Does Gremlin have lines, or is it like a Vin Diesel thing where it's like, "I am, I am Gremlin." Uh, <laughs> he has a few. He has a few lines. Okay, yeah. so there's actual and acting. Yeah, involved. Well, I, I think before he turns like into evil water Gremlin, you right? Know? Don't put water on. Yeah. Them. So, I I decided I'd like to look up Howie Mandel's comedy. How how we do it? How we you know? do it? How we do it? I want to yeah. see how we do it. And so I looked up some 1980s uh, television oh. appearances. This is back when he had no hair, hair. He had a big curly head of hair. Yeah. And his stand-up is some of the just absolute worst stand-up comedy I've ever seen in my no life. No way. It was all prop-based <laughs> and frenetic, and he is... Playing this weird, high-strung character the entire time that he never... And he comes out and he's got this... Over his shoulder, he's got this bag that is shaped like a like a glove, I guess. Okay. Like a latex glove. And near the beginning of his act, he just goes, I got my handbag, and then just sets it down. And that's the joke. <laughs> that's the joke. Yeah. That he has a bag shaped like a hand that he calls his handbag. Yeah. So he had that thing made or whatever <laughs> to wear out there uh-huh. for his act yeah. so that he could say, I got my handbag. And well, that's the punchline. And that's it. Well, let me ask done. you a question, though. Uh-huh. Did it crush? Oh, it fucking killed. Bro. Okay, it's so fucking... worth it. And yeah, just a lot of prop comedy stuff. A lot. Uh, he did a... Uh, uh, on my way here, I was I was I was trying to get to the airport, and I was running late. And I'm telling the taxi go. I'm trying to catch the airplane, which is hard because those things go 600 miles an hour. <laughs> I was like, "Are you fucking kidding? This this got this guy famous. This got this guy 
famous. Yeah. Rich beyond my wildest imaginations. I mean, it took him 15 years. I mean, I don't know, man. It just was depressing in in some ways. Like, I mean, this planes do go fast. That is a <laughs> planes, fact. Planes go fast. <laughs> but that was the type of material that he was bringing. And he kept going like this. He kept going, what, 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 what? When he would say something weird and people would laugh because they would laugh just because he's being weird and frenetic or whatever before he gets to yeah. whatever his big punchline is. Yeah. And they would start laughing and he'd stop what he's saying and go, what, what, what? No, really, what, what? I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. It, like, it looks like... If he found all of the cocaine from the 80s (laughs) and did it all right before going on stage. Filled up his handbag with cocaine. Exactly. And just would Uh stick his hand in there every couple of minutes and just throw it into his face. It was unbelievable. Impossibly bad. Impossibly unfunny. Wow. I was a little upset about it, if I'm being honest. Put yourself in the mind of a person who goes to comedy clubs in the 80s, though. Every comedian you know has a terrible catchphrase. So when you hear what, 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 you are familiar with that. And the familiarity (laughs) makes you comfortable. So you laugh because you know, you know what's happening. Oh, I went to a comedy show the other night. That was uh, Howie Mandel. Oh, the what guy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The guy who says what? What? Yeah. And, And what was kind of cool, though, I know this is a pain point for you, but he did he was able to develop the what's on second play from the popularity of his catchphrase so he was abbott and costello also? right he would just say what what what's on second and the other person would go what what's on second and then he would go yes and then the play would end <laughs> wow what a real maestro of comedy he uh-huh. was yeah so that's that's howie mandel i uh i think he's a good host for this show mm I, th- I guess he's fine on America's Got Talent. Yeah. I've just got a few beefs with him, which I've laid out here. And do you clearly, have any stakes with you in your handbag that you can maybe throw out? Uh, at this and point? here's the beef I've got with him. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburger meat. Okay, but what's your catchphrase now? <gasps> Did you see that? That's what it is. Did you see that? It's like, here's my beef. Did you see that? Did I do that? No, no, no. It's did you see that? <laughs> did you see that? Man, that was good. That yeah. was on the spot, Trademark. folks. Trade on the spot. Whew. So that, yeah, we've. I think we've broken down exactly how Deal or No Deal works, exactly how mm-hmm. Howie Mandel works. Yep. <laughs> how, how we make it better. Oh. How we make it better by give the models Crocs. Uh, let's pop... <laughs> Instead of heels, yeah. they're wearing Crocs. Right. Did you see that? <laughs> like, oh, here's the thing that's really unfair to these poor women. They have to walk up about 12 stairs and then walk down 12 stairs carrying a briefcase. Briefcase. A briefcase. I want to say they something. Get their briefcase. I want to say something about us not being able to pronounce briefcase. <laughs> it's tough. Well, here's the thing. Our generation was robbed of the briefcase. We don't know. All the we saw was our dads wear you know carrying them we saw them in movies and then i've got a satchel get, yeah and then we get up to school and we wear the backpack backpacks are pretty typical 
And then we get into the, the professional workforce and they're like, there ain't no jobs. Go fuck yourself. And we're like, well, I guess we can't buy briefcases. <laughs> Which is, yeah. The briefcase market, you know, after 2008, the oh, housing man. crisis, it... Nobody talks about the briefcases. I mean, 2005, there was a big, huge boom, boost in the briefcase market. Huge! Because of Deal or No Deal. So give them, give them sisters... Specifically metal... By the way, that's the other thing. <laughs> metal briefcases... Is what you see in a James Bond movie. It's what you see... It's you. Here's what you use metal briefcase for. You use it for Deal or No Deal. Mm-hmm. You use it for carrying poker chips. Yep. You use it for James Bond bombs. Yep. And you use it for ransom payments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are the only metal briefcase yeah. purposes. Those are the four, and and most of those, uh, quite a few of those, are bad press. So they're like, we need to get a positive light on this briefcases. Was, this was a really this show was exists to be a kind of relaunch, a rebranding for the metal briefcase lobby. Yeah, uh, didn't go well. Big metal briefcase. Because anytime I'm carrying a metal briefcase, I'm about to blow something up. Oh, I was gonna say I'm about to kidnap somebody. <laughs> Wait, you you have the ransom briefcase and you're about to kidnap well, somebody? I provide the brief. I, like I'm, I I don't want to make my demands ridiculous. I say I, I want a million dollars in a metal briefcase, but but here's the good news. Yeah, I'll provide the briefcase. Uh, you know what? You, it's not like oh, listen. A, lo- a lot of fucking kidnappers. They're just all oh. I need a million dollars and a metal briefcase. Sorry if you don't have a metal briefcase, I kill your kid. Yeah. No, that's not the way I do business. I've got the metal briefcase already. This is not a BYO metal briefcase situation. (laughs) I provide the briefcase. You provide the million dollars. I return your kid back to you. Mostly good as new. Mostly good as new. Psychologically uh, damaged. uh, I mean, he's not going to be able to shake people's hands anymore. He's going to have to fist bump them. Um. Second, how we done make it better. Um, contestants get to spank the models if they reveal the five hundred thousand or million dollar case, and that's fine because the banker's a woman now. That's the trade off. That's the trade off. Sorry, something's got to happen. Um, I think that there should be a physical representation of a stack of a million dollars. You like seeing money. A stack of a million dollars. And if the case is eliminated, the contestant has to use a flamethrower to demolish the entire pile of cash. So this is legal tender. Yes. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be legal tender. It just has okay. to be a, a physical a representation yes. of a million dollars. Yeah. And they've so, so they just like World War One trench busting. Correct. Okay. And if the contestant is crying, that's funnier because they're like, <laughs> I don't want to be doing this. But, you know, because they just had the emotional uh, shock of eliminating a million dollars from there. My grandpa died in Okinawa. Yeah, and it's to a flamethrower. <laughs> oh, you want the reaction to be because of the flamethrower? <laughs> yeah, I want them to be traumatized by the flamethrower. <laughs> okay, that's different. Okay, um, and those are my how we done make it betters. <laughs> I like, I like how we make it better. I think, yeah, I think uh, I, I like having the option of the of the. No- I would like uh, so so one thing that they added. I thought this was a nice make it better, mm-hmm. although maybe not really necessary. In the CNBC version, once per game, after the banker makes your offer, and you know what, this is kind of this is a little bit troubling now that I think of it. Once per game after the banker makes the offer, now you are allowed to make a counter offer. Love that, love it, and you know that's because. The it puts the woman in a weaker position than the male oh, maker. The no. male maker never had to deal with a counter offer. That's right. But now that right. we've got a woman, 
oh, maybe she made a mistake on this offer. Maybe she'll take this other offer better. Kind of insulting, kind of problematic, if you ask me. Yeah. There was a an episode I watched where a guy got an, a deal from the banker. This was in season five. It was $232,000. Okay. He had the million dollar and the 750000 left. Ooh. Um, he eliminated the million dollar case. Ooh, that's not good. Or, sorry, he had just eliminated the million dollar case, his next uh, whatever. Right. She offered him $150,000. He countered with $240,000. So higher than the offer before he eliminated. <laughs> before yeah. he okay. eliminated a million dollars. Uh-huh. So he's basically showing her like, I don't. I think I'm going to get this by you. I think I'm slyer than you. And was he? No, she rejected the counteroffer. What, what ended up happening to him? Uh, he took, he got kidnapped a hundred thousand. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And the kidnapper did not provide the case. They, the people who paying the ransom did not provide the correct case and he was killed. But, he was murdered. Yes. Because I'm all inclusive. You're welcome. So that is deal or no deal. I'm going to give deal or no deal. A 3.75. Wow. Out of five buzzers. Um, why? I like it. I enjoy playing along at home. I enjoy, you know, I like that there is a, there's an arcade game version of this that you can play at the arcade that is the exact same game, <laughs> but you're playing it yourself, but for tickets. And I like that. That's fun. Uh-huh. Because there's, there are very few game shows where you can play like the actual game the actual same way, basically. Yeah, I mean, and we had one versus hundred, but that was on that was on Xbox video games. And, yeah, yeah. So, so I like that about it. I like the the simplicity of it. I, like I said, shouting along, it's fun. I do like, you know, I think what Million and Yacht had right was the, you know, there's a trivia portion. There, you know, it gets it that it, some some knowledge is is brought into it um, because this is just people opening briefcases for 42 minutes yes but uh so it's good i but i'm not going to put it on the top tier of game shows i'm going to give it a 4.5 whoa and for the exact reason that you just said that was a positive point in my decision because you're dumb no because when you give when you tell someone that you can the 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 idea of your show is one person opens briefcases and that extends to five seasons and is wildly successful. Props to you. You made a you eight can, words you on a piece them. of paper. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and also I give it a higher score because Howie Mandel successfully makes his image better and better throughout the seasons. I am wearing fake glasses right now. I noticed that. I didn't want to point it out. I'm wearing so it's not fake to embarrass glasses you publicly to represent. The transformation Howie went through. We see Howie on episode one. He has double hoop earrings and a soul patch. That is disturbing. Season five rolls around, and I'm so glad I watched it. Sexy. We've got a slimmer mm. uh, cont- a host. We've got a host with very trendy, fake, probably glasses on. We got mm-hmm. a no-go on the soul patch. Mm-hmm. Which he probably rubbed off in a lovemaking session and just decided no, this no looks better. With, and no with e- number seventeen. And no earrings. And I think he looks sleek and much better. 
And I don't see that. What, what, when do you ever see a, uh, a host go through physical changes, uh, I would say upgrades in his aesthetic throughout the lifetime of a show? Pat Sajak still looks like, you know, a, a bag of peanuts. Um, he's got a neck that flaps like a like a goddamn turkey. You know what I was I I pointed out to Erica, my wife, the other day mm-hmm. was is what's interesting is because like this show where uh, there are twenty six people who are cast for their hotness, correct to hold briefcases, and ability to stand ability for long to times stand, in heels, hold briefcase, walk with heels, etc., or Crocs in some alternate universe. <laughs> is that we talked about on our Wheel of Fortune episode, Vanna White in the eighties was cast for much the same reason. Like, we need a hot chick who has, you know, has good things. stage presence and can turn numbers. Yeah. The, her whole point, purpose of existing... Yeah, letters. Good call. Her whole purpose of existing was being hot and turning little things. <laughs> and now she's like 70, and her job is pretty much exactly the same, except she's a 70-year-old woman now. And I would go... I would rub my soul patch off on Vanna White right now. <laughs> Did you see that? Wait, was that the same? Was that what it was? <laughs> I think it was. I, I think, think it, it was. Okay, I think that okay. was it. I, for some reason, it didn't ring a bell. <laughs> Did but... you see that? All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Come On Down, the game show podcast. You can check us out on Instagram, mm. at Come On Down Show. Email us at comeondownshow at gmail.com. God, gmail. please, somebody, somebody email us. Just reach out. And, yeah, thanks for listening. We will see you guys right here next week. Didn't you see that? Uh, copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs>